0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this bonus episode of the Hyrat Geek podcast. This is episode number seventy seven with Phil Olaf from the Pew Charitable Trusts. Uh, really appreciate the team there uh, reaching out to me to set up this conversation to process their uh, recent report that examines state and federal spending on higher education and all the different nuances of that. Um, so definitely a really timely uh, conversation that I want to make sure I got out as soon as possible. Um, we kind of deviate from our usual uh, structure here, but um, I, I know that you'll really enjoy uh, this kind of processing and exploration of the report. Uh, I'll link out to it down in the show notes in the description for the episode. Um, so please do go check it out. It's a lot of great information. Uh, they pulled together a lot of information and, uh, really served it up in a way that I think is uh, really easy for folks to understand. So please do, uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode, a bonus episode of the podcast number 77 with Phil Olof. Yeah, if you want to just kick us off and give an introduction of yourself and your um, position, and guess that I sort of in the relevance to um, this report that we'll be going over, and obviously we'll have linked in the show notes, but just give everyone a little context as to who you are and your kind of connection with this report.
1: Sure, happy to. Uh, so my name is Phil Oliff. I uh, manage research at the Pew Charitable Trusts. Uh, And I also work on a team that focuses on policy connections between the federal government and the states, uh, and also another team that does research on student loan repayment challenges and and student loan issues. Uh, And uh, my team put together this report on trends in federal and state funding for higher education and support for higher education. Um, My career, a lot of my career really has been kind of at the intersection of Tax and budget policy, and, and finance, uh, and education policy. So it's kind of a logical step for me to be working on on this report.
0: Very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's an amazing report. I think that just really highlights our current moment very well in a way I think that's really sort of um, accessible and palatable. People um, that they can you know understand really well. Like when I was reading through it, as not like a policy expert, it was you know uh, made a lot of sense to me, and I think is really would be helpful context for people. Um, uh, all over the country so uh just to give uh, sort of an introduction to the report itself i guess just give a snapshot of the report and like how it was developed i don't know if this is something that you all have always done uh, on a, like a sort of regular basis or if it sort of came about as sort of just uh, important maybe to do now as sort of a new uh, effort on your part but yeah just kind of give a snapshot of the report and um how it was developed
1: Sure. So this report is really a big picture look at the landscape of federal and state support for higher education, the really dramatic changes that we've seen in that landscape over the last couple of decades, and the big differences in the levels of federal and state funding across states. There are really critical debates that are happening right now at both levels of government. So federal policymakers are considering potentially really major changes to the Higher Education Act, which governs federal financial aid programs and really is where a lot of the dollars are when we talk about federal funding for higher education. At the same time, state policymakers are considering major changes to their higher education funding in areas ranging from performance funding to free college. And the goal of our report really is to provide context for understanding these debates and how they fit within the larger system of federal and state support for higher education. Higher education is really an area where the federal government and the states both spend a lot of money. There is really very little formal coordination in terms of policy. So it's it's a bit of a unique area in that respect. Unlike in other areas like Medicaid or K through 12 education, where the federal dollars flow to state and local governments and there are matching and maintenance of effort requirements, you really see far fewer strings attached to higher education funding. But the federal government and the states do have overlapping policy goals in higher education, like. College access and support for research. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, we really thought it was important to try to clearly explain the big picture And how, how all these federal and state puzzle pieces fit together.
0: Right. Well, and I know too, like kind of an inciting Moment, um that I think is kind of like the report kind of anchors on a little bit too is the uh, Great recession, I think was very disruptive in this sort of space Um, So I feel like was that a little bit of kind of like inspiration too to like sort of like, you know Kind of where are we now in relevance to kind of that moment in time just in sort of recent memory?
1: Yeah I mean, I'm I'm glad that you hit on the Great Recession um, because recessions are a really big deal for higher education Funding we don't know when the next recession is going to hit but we are now deep into a very long economic expansion There are some economists that are warning that A recession could hit sometime um, in the near future. Uh Um, And that was really a good time to start thinking about if a recession did hit, what would happen to higher education funding? Higher education is the area of state spending that tends to get hit the hardest when states face economic challenges, see the revenues drop and need to make really hard decisions to balance their budgets. There are two key reasons experts cite for this. The first is that public colleges and universities have an alternative revenue source when they see their state funding cut, which is tuition. Uh-huh. The second is that states have in many ways more discretion to cut higher education than they do for other areas of their budget. So going back to federal state dynamics um, in in most other areas where the federal government and the states spend a lot of money like Medicaid, you see matching or maintenance of effort requirements for states to spend uh, their own money in order to draw down federal funds. But you see a lot less of that in higher education. Federal funding, by contrast, follows a really different pattern than state spending when it comes to recessions. And that's something that makes a lot of sense because states need to balance their budget, but the federal government does not. In fact, in the aftermath of the Great Recession, when states saw very significant declines in their spending on higher education, federal spending actually saw a fairly sizable increase. The biggest factor in that after the Great Recession was a surge in Pell Grant spending. There are a few different reasons for this. One was increasing financial needs on the parts of students. Another was an increase in enrollment, so more people going back to school to build job skills, but it was also related to policy changes that had expanded eligibility for the, the program and increased award amounts. Um, in addition to the Pell Grant spending growth, the federal government expanded veterans' educational benefits, made them more generous around the time of the onset of the recession, with the enactment of the post 9-11 GI Bill. So that increase was also happening. And then beyond that, the federal government actually provided money to states to help try to minimize recession-driven cuts in education spending. So the federal government provided roughly $40 billion between 2009 and 2011 to states to bolster their K-12 and higher education spending And to receive this funding, states needed to maintain their own education spending at a minimum of 2006 levels. And they ultimately spent about $8.3 billion of that money to help sustain their institutions of higher education. And then on top of all of these spending increases, the federal government also made a significant increase in their support for higher education through the tax code when what was then called the HOPE credit was expanded into what is now called the American Opportunity Tax Credit. So to sum all of this up, these federal increases were driven both by by several factors, rising enrollment, um, increasing needs, uh, but also policy choices. I think a major area of uncertainty in all of this is the kind of policy choices the federal government would make were we to face a recession in the near future But what all of this points to is the importance of both levels of government really paying attention and and thinking about what might happen to higher education funding if a recession were to hit.
0: Well, you know, with all that being said, with this sort of, you know, kind of laying out the uh, report and everything, you know, and maybe it's something maybe you want to emphasize that you've already mentioned or anything else. Like, what do you think? Would be like most surprising to people about this report like it has a lot of information it's Comparing kind of like, you know uh, state funding levels like w- for each state individually um, Like anything like that, I guess like anything that you think might be um, You know surprising to people as they would start reading through this report.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think for me There were a number of major surprises. So maybe the biggest surprise was the what I see as the key message in the report, which is just how big A shift there has been in the relative levels of federal and state funding for higher education over about the last decade and a half since the start of the millennium. Between 2000 and 2015, state funding per student adjusted for inflation fell by 30 percent, even as federal spending grew by about a quarter. And as a result of that, federal and state funding levels are really much more even now than they had been Historically, uh, to give some some numbers um, to help to illustrate this, historically, states have far and away been the bigger spender on higher education. Back in 2000, state spending was basically double what federal spending was on a per-student basis. But by 2015, that gap had shrunk to just 12 percent. So that's a pretty big shift in a pretty short period of time. Um, Another key surprise is just how much variation there is in the levels of federal and state funding for higher education across states. I think one thing that report really illustrates is that in many ways, we're dealing with 50 different state systems of higher education funding. So for example, federal funding per student in 2017 was three times higher in Hawaii than it was in Missouri. And you see even bigger differences in state funding state funding was nearly five times or as high in Connecticut as it was in Arizona in that year. At the federal level, these differences are driven by things like differences in, in students' financial needs, the kinds of research that, that's taking place within a state and the number of veterans that are attending school within a state. At the state level, uh, it's driven by differences in, in policy choices and, and philosophies about how higher education should be funded. Another thing that really leaps out as a surprise from this report is just how big tax expenditures, tax benefits for higher education are in the the scope of overall higher education funding and support for higher education. At the federal level in 2017, overall tax expenditures, including things like the American Opportunity Tax Credit, totaled $41 billion. If you put aside loans, that's the single largest form of federal support for higher education. It's bigger than the Pell Grant. It's bigger than Veterans Educational Benefits. It is bigger than research funding. We also found, we, we at the Pew Charitable Trusts have also found that higher education tax benefits are very widespread at the state level. So we in, in a report that we wrote, we found that all 41 states and D.C. with a broad-based income tax Offers, uh, provide some form of support through their income taxes to help support higher education. So it's a very important piece of the overall puzzle. And then the, the final thing that I will point out as a surprise, and, and one thing that really struck me, was the scale of veterans' educational benefits in the overall system. One statistic from this report that really leaps out when I look at it um, is that in 2017, the federal government spent more on veterans' educational benefits than all of the states combined spent on their financial aid grants. So it's wow. it's a very big piece of the puzzle that I think oftentimes get, gets uh, set aside or it's not always understood quite how big it is on the overall scale of, of support for higher education.
0: Yeah, it's a good, like, yeah, just kind of comparative uh, kind of measure there. Um, well, And I guess, you know, as much as is in this report, you know, there's a lot of great information. Do you feel like, you know, and maybe because it could be like hard to track, is there anything that like kind of gets left out of this conversation? Because I feel like, you know, veteran funding would be maybe one of those things or just like how you could maybe parse out the information and maybe make it a little bit more focused or something. I'm not sure. Maybe, yeah, just like what what kind of uh, sticks out to you now that you kind of have compl- you know compiled all this information, um, anything that uh, you feel like maybe it gets left out of the conversation or um, and or like is hard to track So I feel like that may be kind of causal like it's left out because it's hard to track or those could be two kind of separate things But um, yeah, I guess what are your what are your thoughts on that?
1: Sure I mean we, we talked a minute ago about just how big a footprint Higher education tax benefits have in the overall system of support for higher education, but as big as they are higher this higher education this tax support for higher education often gets left out of overall debates about the scale and nature mm-hmm. of higher education spending, and, and, and there are a number of reasons for that. The first is that these tax expenditures often aren't subject to the same kind of recurring budget procedures as our most spending programs for for higher education, which get debated regularly through the appropriations process. In, many cases, these tax expenditures are permanent programs that very rarely get revisited after they get put in place. The second reason is that tax and spending programs at the federal level, and and in some cases in state legislatures, fall under the jurisdiction of different committees. So for example, in the U.S. House, spending programs like the Pell Grant fall under the, the jurisdiction of the Education and Labor Committee, whereas the, uh, the tax programs like the American Opportunity Tax Credit fall under the jurisdiction of the House Ways and Means Committee. And for that reason, it is difficult to have a completely coherent and comprehensive discussion about support for higher education that takes into account both spending and tax benefits. And the third reason is that states rarely compile comprehensive information about how much their higher education tax benefits are costing, making it even less likely that these tax provisions will come up in debates over or get incorporated into b- debates over uh, support for higher education at the state level. We at the Pew Charitable Trusts found that of the 41 states and DC that provide higher education tax benefits through their income taxes, only nine of those states and DC have even reasonably comprehensive estimates. Of their costs. So we know that states are providing support for these tax benefits, but there's a lot of missing information in terms of how much they're providing and where it fits into the the broader system of support for higher ed
0: which I guess it's just fascinating. So it's like, yeah, you know, you said that like they sort of put something in place and maybe just like set it and forget it. And it's just like, do you know how much that you're spending on this or how much is, I don't know, like how much it's being utilized or something? And because, um, you know, they could be like, oh, wow, this is like, you know, really popular. That's great. You know, or it's like, oh, wow, it's actually not even being utilized as much as we, you know, thought it should be or could be. Um So, yeah, it's just uh, fascinating because I think it's just one of those times where it's kind of like, I guess I don't even know the word. Like, I want to say, like, humbling or something where it's just like, oh, you know what? Even, like, you know, different governments and stuff are kind of not organizing things in, like, the best way. You know, I was like, oh, I'll give myself a little bit of a break. But you had mentioned this earlier that, you know, we're kind of due for a recession in the near future. You know, when and how severe that might be, you know, it's anyone's guess. But, you know, yeah, that is what sort of seems to be likely uh, in this current moment. So if you want to emphasize, I guess, sort of, like, you know, I guess not making any one single prediction, but like, what do you feel like could be kind of the possibilities from what this report would be telling you from, you know, the prior uh, Great Recession? Like, what sort of impact do you think, you know, this data
1: would tell us we may be seeing, you know, in the the near future here? It's really critical for policymakers now, even as the economy continues to to hum along and, and, and to grow, to be thinking about what might happen in a recession um, related to, to higher education funding. Higher education spending tends to be the area of state funding that, that's really most vulnerable when to cuts when recessions hit. That's what history teaches us, um, you know, and, and then at the, the federal level, and I've, I've emphasized this a bit earlier, the, the pattern is very different. Oftentimes you see higher education funding going up. Um, when when recessions hit. So they tend to, the, the state and the federal spending tend to, to follow very different patterns. Um, and what that means is that the policymakers at the two different levels really should be conscious of, of what might happen to higher education funding um, should, should a recession hit. Um, but they, they kind of have, have different considerations uh, to think about. It's also important, I, I think one thing this points to is the, imp- the importance of thinking about the higher education funding system as a whole, um, because these different funding streams follow different patterns, it's, it's important not just to kind of think about what one level or the other is doing, but to think about the, the, how the two interact and the overall impact on being able to achieve kind of the shared policy goals of the federal government and the states, the common policy goals of, the, of those two levels of government.
0: Well, and I think so that kind of leads, I think, well into kind of our our final question here of like, you know, what are things for people to think about after reading this report? Certainly like we're, you know, this is 2020 major election year, you know, in terms of just like really trying to, you know, read through this report, process the information and hopefully, you know, kind of inform any sort of uh you know, uh, the people that they're voting for, there's things that they're supporting, like any of those sort of things. So what would you hope people can kind of take away um, and think about after reading this report?
1: Yeah, so so one major one is is something I mentioned a moment ago, which is the importance of thinking about the higher education funding system as a whole and not thinking about federal and state funding in, in silos. I think it's a, a presidential election year, so there may be a lot of kind of focus on on federal policy, but it's really critical to think about how things like federal and state funding, tax expenditures, and loans fit together to make sure that both levels of government are using their higher education resources as effectively and efficiently as possible to achieve their higher education policy goals. A second thing is that it is really critical to think about what these shifting levels of federal and state higher education funding mean for students and institutions and the ability of of policymakers at both levels of government to achieve their higher education goals. And that's because the shift in federal and state higher education funding is not just a shift in terms of which level of government is paying for higher education, but in the way that those dollars flow into the higher education system, because the two levels of government have very different funding models. The the federal government, the biggest part of that federal money goes to support individual students and research projects at a broad range of institutions, both public and private. State funding is very different. The largest share of state funding goes to provide general support specifically to public institutions. And so decline in state spending and the increase in federal spending is really in many ways a shift away from providing general support for institutions and more towards providing support for individual students. So I think it's really critical for people to be thinking about what the implications of that are and what that might do to our ability to achieve the policy goals that we want that, that, that folks want to accomplish. Um, And then I think the final piece to keep in mind is the the gap that you highlighted, uh, you know, in in information and and that I mentioned was that more states really should consider assessing the costs of their higher education tax expenditures. These are these are uh, benefits that often fly under the radar to begin with. And then on top of that, we don't even know what they're costing. So policymakers in this case really don't have all of the information they would need to fully understand their state support for higher education and how well it's being used and how efficiently it's being used to try to achieve the goals they're trying to accomplish.
0: I think you're saying, I mean, I guess it's not wholly like maybe like better or worse one way or the other or like that there's one or only way to have the funding kind of flowing into higher education. But to me, I'm like, yeah, worried if it's like leaning kind of too much one way or the other in terms of like going towards you know students at the cost of institution because it's like well institutions need to have like you know or they should I think have funding so that they can have robust b- budgets to provide all the kind of support services and engagement opportunities and like you know uh, just be able to recruit great people to work at that institution but then also it's like what well, also wants students to be able to have funding so that, you know there's like need-based funding you know and other things and tax credits you know they should be also supported to uh sort of mitigate or cover the cost of their uh, attendance at any institution so like to me in a perfect world like both of those things would be you know kind of robust and healthy and flowing you know funding sources but yeah it's just interesting that it, it seems to be uh you know going in a very different way and like you said that it may be just like you know they're both i would think aiming towards the same outcome but working like kind of independently and blind of one another essentially i guess like do you feel like that's kind of like you know i guess an accurate kind of like you know sort of depiction of where we're at is i guess maybe the concern would be that like institutions wouldn't have perhaps the a, a as like stable or secure of a budget if they're like now relying more so on tuition so then like it could end up being where yeah i mean students are getting support but the institutions aren't able to you know give them as many resources once they actually, like, you know, start attending
1: classes and everything. Yeah. So I think you've hit on something, something really important that really is at the heart of this report, which is that the report hopefully gives some building blocks for thinking systematically about how all of these different funding streams fit together and what the bigger picture looks like across levels of government. It's trying to take discussions out of silos, you know, both across The federal and state level, but also in terms of different categories of spending, like tax expenditures, loans, and direct spending like the Pell Grant, and and put it together in a larger picture so that people can start to think about kind of trade-offs and think about how all of these different funding streams might build on each other or not uh, to help get them towards the policy goals they're trying to achieve. So, So the hope is, you know, this report is really a first steps. So when, when folks are talking about different potential policy changes or, or thinking about whether their current funding streams fit with the, their goals, that they can use this to, to walk in a systematic way th- through the system as it is and, and kind of think about what we might want to change or, you know, or, or adjust or just kind of understand where we are in terms of, of current policy.
0: Very good. Well, thank you so much for, I mean, putting this report together, but also, you know, jumping on to kind of help talk everyone through it and process it and everything. And, um, yeah, because I think, again, yeah, this is just like such a great resource to help inform uh, you know, kind of anybody and everybody in higher education to um, just have a better um, understanding of our current moment and the context we're in. So, um, yeah, really appreciate your time and all that you've shared.
1: Sure. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: This podcast is part of the Connect EDU Podcast Network, bringing together diverse voices in the higher ed community. Check us out on Twitter at connectedu pod or at connectedu.network. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek podcast.